In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the whole 50 days, and the Church during the whole 50 days speaks to us about our new life with the risen Christ. And it is very similar to the life of the children of Israel after they left the land of Egypt and on their journey to the promised land. Exactly, we were set free from the bondage of the devil and now we are in the wilderness in this of this world until we reached the promised land in the kingdom of heaven. So, the first Sunday, the church spoke to us about the faith, the importance of faith. As the children of Israel believed that God will lead them into the promised land and followed Moses, in the same way, we believe that the risen Christ will lead us to the kingdom of heaven. So our journey with him starts with believing in him putting our all confidence and all trust in Him. Second Sunday, about the bread of life. As God actually sent the manna from heaven to feed the Israelites in the wilderness of Sinai, in the same way God sent us the living bread from heaven, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ in order to feed us during our journey in this wilderness of the world. Through eating his body and drinking his blood, we will conquer death, because his body and his blood are life-giving flesh. So we can conquer our death by participating and eating, partaking from his body and his blood. Also, in the journey toward the promised land, when they were thirsty, God sent them water from a rock, and all of them drank from this water. In the same way, St. Paul spoke in 1 Corinthians that the rock that followed the Israelites were Christ. And the last Sunday, third Sunday, the church speaks to, spoke to us about the living water. The living water. And what is the living water that comes from the comes from Christ? It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit whom Christ sent to us to accompany us in our journey during our uh, sojourner, our uh, journey in the wilderness of this world. So the Holy Spirit abides in us and now he comforts us, he convicts us, he sanctifies us, he guides us, he uh, helps us in our journey. Today is the fourth Sunday. The church speaks to us about Christ, the light of the world. As he said to them, a little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. And then he said, 
I am the light of the world. In the same way, the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai, God actually led them in their journey towards the promised land <coughs> through a pillar of light. And this pillar of light guided them in their journey until they arrived to the promised land. In the same way, during our journey in the wilderness of this world, Christ is guiding us. He is the word of God. He is the Logos, the word of God. So what is the light? When Christ said, I am the light. The light is his word. As David said in the book of Psalms, your word is light to my feet. Your word is light to my way and lamp to my feet. Your word is light to my way and lamp to my feet. And in the gospel of today, the Lord concluded by saying, and I know that his command, his word is everlasting life. I know that his command is everlasting life. We need guidance in this world. And how can be guided in our journey if it's through the word of God? So it's very, very important as Christian to read the word of God uh, consistently. The word of God gives me comfort. When I am in trouble, or I'm struggling, and I go to the word of God, I will find words of comfort and consolation to my heart. Also, the word of God is a weapon, a spiritual weapon, that I can use to defeat Satan. In the temptation on the mountain, we saw how the Lord Jesus Christ defeated the devil by the word of God. In the three temptations, he responded by, it is written. So the word of God is a spiritual weapon that can defeat Satan. Also, the word of God, because, as I said, it's light, it it will enlighten my mind and enlighten my heart. Now, the people use the word enlightenment to mean to challenge the doctrines, to challenge the holy tradition, to challenge what we received from the Father. If you are casting doubt in the scripture, if you are casting doubt on the holy tradition, if you are casting doubt on the doctrines of the church, nowadays you will be called enlightened. But this is the false enlightenment. That's how Satan is deceiving the people about enlightenment. The true enlightenment when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and the word of God is enlightening your way. And you live according to the word of God. The word of God actually teaches us what is absolutely right and what's absolutely wrong in the sight of God. And I use the word absolutely. Because, yes, the word of God teaches us about the absolute truth. Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way. So, don't be deceived. 
if you are doubting and challenging all the holy traditions that we received, then you'll be, you will be called enlightened? No. This enlightenment is not for, from God. This enlightenment, in actually it is darkness, because these are thoughts from the devil. That's why the word of God actually teaches us the true doctrine. If you are confused about any doctrine, go to the word of God. You will find the truth about the Holy Trinity. You will find the truth about the sacraments of the church. You will find the truth about the salvation. You will find the truth about redemption. You will find the truth about the atonement. Anything that you want to know the truth, you will find it in the word of God. Also, when you read frequently in the word of God, your mind and your thought will be heavenly. You will not think in earthly things, but you will think about what's heavenly. As St. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, if you were risen with Christ, set your minds on things above, not on things below. Christ rose from the dead and ascended to the heaven in order to give us heavenly thought, heavenly mind, heavenly conduct. And the church reminds us with our heavenly citizenship every time we say the Lord's Prayer. We say, our Father who art in heaven. So if our Father is heavenly, then we are heavenly citizens, but we are sojourners here on earth. Also, the word of God uh, help us to walk in the fear of God. When we read his words and we read his promises, and also we read his warning to the wicked, make me walk in the fear of God. And the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So how can I discipline myself to read and study the word of God? Many people, they have the Bible. And the Bible now is available not only as books, hard copies, but on our phones and our uh, iPads and our tablets. The Bible is very, very accessible. Not only the Bible, but the commentary of the Bible. How to understand the Bible. Early church fathers' commentary on the Bible, both in English and in Arabic, are available and very, very accessible to any one of us. This is totally different than 40, day, 40 years ago. Now, no one has an excuse to say, I don't understand the Bible. So what is the starting point in order to be disciplined in reading and studying the Bible? Starting point is actually to appreciate the word of God, to know it is your light. Can you live without light? What if it's dark, totally dark all, all the day. We cannot live, we cannot move. So we need actually to appreciate the word of God and to love the word of God. And don't say, I read the Bible, so I don't need to read it again. Every time you read the Bible, you will find something new and you will find new depth in the scripture that you never dis uh, discovered before. Because the word of God is a living word. The word of God is not just letters on a stone or on tablet. The word of God 
there is life. They are anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit accompany every letter when you read the Word of God. So you need to love the Word of God and appreciate it. As David said, your word is like honey in my mouth. When we love the Word of God, we will be eager to open our Bible and to read from it. Read the Word of God. But you need actually to be disciplined to read it regularly. Don't read one day and then skip 10 days and then another day and you skip two, two weeks. It doesn't work this way. The Word of God is nourishment. You need to feed yourself every day on the Word of God. Spend the time in the morning. Open your scripture and read the Word of God. When you read it, you need to read it in reference and with the spirit of prayer. In reference, as you hear the deacons when we listen to the gospel in the church, usually the deacon says, stand in the fear of God. That you hear it means stand in the fear of God. In reference, if God is speaking, we need to pay attention. If God is speaking, we need to stand in reference and awe to this great God who is communicating and sending this message to us. And also you need to read it in a spirit of prayer. I mean, when you read the word of God, convert it into prayer. For example, if God tells you, love your enemies, then stop and pray, God, help me to have forgiving heart and to have loving heart in order to be able not only to love my neighbor, but also to love my enemy. When you read, accept one another, turn it into prayer and ask the Lord to open your heart to be able to accept everyone Yes, we don't accept sin, but we need to accept everyone into our hearts. So read the word of God with reverence and also with the spirit of prayer. Also, you need to understand the word of God. How can you live by the commandment of God if you don't understand it? Any book we studied during our uh, school years, we actually paid effort in order to understand it. And believe me, we studied many books that are more difficult than the Word of God. Just you need to give it time. If you dedicate half an hour every day to read and to study, actually you'll be able to finish the whole Bible maybe in three years with studying and understanding. So spend the time in reading and understanding. Don't set your mind to something like, I don't understand the Old Testament, so I'm not going to read the Old Testament. No, no, no. That, that's not right. Old Testament is given to you to read it, to understand it, to live by it. The New Testament is given to you to read it, understand it, and to live by it. Don't say, I don't understand it. And as I told you now, the commentary on the scripture are available in, in all languages. After you read it and understand it, try to memorize 
one verse at least every day. If you memorize it one verse every day, at the end of the year, you will have 365 verses memorized. David said in his Psalms, I hid your word in my heart, lest I sin against you. St. Paul said, let the word of God dwell richly in you. Dwell richly in you. If I ask you right now, can you say five verses about forgiveness? Can you say five verses about uh, accepting one another? Can you say five verses about humbleness? Can you say five verses about communion and Eucharist? If you cannot, then the word of God is not dwelling richly in you. So memorize the word of God. Keep it in your heart. This will help you uh, in, in fighting against sin. As David said, I heard your word in my heart, lest I sin against you. Also, give some time to meditate and reflect. What do I mean by meditate and reflect on the word of God? When you read a story, apply it to yourself. For example, if you are reading the story of the paralytic man at the pool uh, of uh, put yourself in, in, in his place and we are in many cases we are spiritually paralytic if I cannot forgive I'm spiritually paralytic if I cannot love I'm spiritually paralytic if I'm not humble I'm spiritually paralytic so put yourself in his situation And imagine the Lord Jesus Christ asking you this question. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed from your lack of love? Do you want to be healed from your lack of forgiveness? Do you want to be healed from lack of humbleness? Imagine the Lord coming and asking you this question. What would be your answer? Are you going to be a complainer like this man who said, uh, I have 30, I have no one to help me to descend into the pool. And when I am trying to go to the pool, somebody actually, after the angel stirs the water, somebody goes before me. Are you going to be a complainer? Or are you going to tell him, yes, Lord, I want to be healed. Send your Holy Spirit to touch my heart and to heal me from my infirmity. This is what we call meditation. If you are reading the story of the five loaves and two fish, uh, imagine yourself one of the twelve, and the Lord instructed you, go and feed these people. And you look around you, you have 5,000 men other than women and children. So actually you are dealing about 20,000. And all what you have, five loaves and two fish. What would you do? What would you do? When the Lord asked the disciples, they replied and told them, no way we can feed them. If we just bought just bread for them, it will cost us 200 dinari. And dinari equal almost $50. So they are saying just they need bread by $10,000 just to feed them. So this meditation will help you 
When you read the Bible, you are not reading something happened 2,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago. You live in the event as if you are there. You live it and you reflect on it. This actually will help you to strengthen your faith and to know your strengths and your weakness. So you can capitalize on your strengths and also you can strengthen your weakness through the grace of God. I want all of us to make commitment to be disciplined in studying the scripture, in reading the scripture on a daily basis, because the scripture is the light. Those who walk in darkness will stumble and they will not reach their destiny. All of us want to reach our destiny, the kingdom of heaven. The only way to have light to guide you in the darkness of this world. And what is this light? It is the word of God. May the Lord open our minds, our hearts, in order to read, study, understand, meditate, reflect, and live by the word of God. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Then he was.